few minutes into recording this week's episode, our guest used the phrase, a culture of recovery. And then he talked about how to foster that culture in your organization. I really latched on to this idea. There's a lot in this episode. We talk about generative AI. We also talk about a bunch of great stories from a guy that's been in the IT industry even longer than I have. It's a great episode. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And with me, I have, I can't even say it, my senior <laughs> Tesla consultant. I'm so excited, Prasanna. I, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Curtis, I know you're very, very excited. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. By the way, you should probably actually say my name since you haven't actually said Did it. Did I say Kristana Maliandi? Yes, say my name. What are you, Walter White? Um, yeah, so I am now the proud owner of a uh, Tesla Model 3 blue, beautiful blue. Um, I've now given it its first full charge. And then today we'll go on a leisurely drive down to La Jolla. Uh, for an afternoon lunch with someone. And now I think the biggest thing, like I was surprised you actually bought it because I know we went back and forth for a while. And then yesterday, I think I just get the text. I'm like, here's what it says. I haven't been now or I have an order number. And I was like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> and it showed up like six hours later, right? No negotiation. That was no the crazy hassle, part, everything. right? Yeah, it was um, basically, I mean, you, you know the thing I was waiting for. I was waiting for the approval yep. from the CFO, right? The CFO basically <laughs> said, uh, we can make this happen. Um, and that there's some special stuff uh, as, to, as to how I was able to pull it off. And, um, and then once she said, uh, you, know, let, you know, it makes sense given all of the unique situation, you know, the circumstances of our situation. Um, I basically, I was like, before she changes her mind, I'm going to put it in order. And, uh, and I ordered it and, uh, you know, and you, you just literally, you're like, yeah, I'll take that one. Um, and I chose from existing stock. So it said, uh, you can have it by, this was yesterday, you can have it by Thursday. And I go, wow, by Thursday, that's great. Yeah okay thursday it is and then about a half hour later i get a call um about a half hour later i get a call and actually i'm just gonna pause there for it about a half hour later i get a call and it's tesla and they're saying well um we can deliver it now if you want and i'm like okay and like I'm not going to say no. Yeah, I'm not going to say no. And then they said your your delivery is twelve. Your delivery window is twelve to four. I mean, what 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 can I say? But uh, sure, yeah. right. And so they they gave me a window of twelve to four, and um, but they gave me that at like twelve thirty. So I was like, <clears throat> so I immediately figured it would be towards the end of the window. And they said that they would text me uh, fifteen minutes out, and then. Uh, four o'clock came and went with no text. I was like, dang it, don't give me a window if you're not going to, you know what I mean? Don't get me all excited. I was fine waiting till Thursday, but now I want my car, Yeah. right? And um, it, I, I texted, I got a text at like 4.15 and then the car just literally showed up at my house. I never saw a person. It just showed up outside my, my house because the way the Tesla works, for those of you that don't know, your phone is your key. And so they're like, Please finalize the delivery in your phone, and then your phone becomes your key. And I'm like, how amazing is that? So, because no one had to hand me keys or anything. And then I, <clears throat> but yeah. So basically, I sat here in this desk, and I ordered a car, and you never um, spoke to a person, and paid. I never spoke to a person. I paid the down payment <clears throat> in the app, and then that car magically appeared about 50 feet from where I'm sitting. <laughs> outside my house f five hours later. Um, 
it's so and then I drove it's it. so much better than having to walk into a car dealership, haggle with someone, sit there while they're yeah. like three hours later, we're going back and forth with paperwork. I think when they say we're going back to the to work on your paperwork, I think they just like throw it on a desk. They go have some drinks or coffee or dinner or whatever else it is, just to make you wait it out. Speaking as a former car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of right it, it's just a giant thing that just jerk you yeah. around and it just it just sinks um which is why my previous cars i bought them at carmax which is a similar experience no haggling you know this is the price you know uh and you you get what you get um but yeah that was that was very very nice mm-hmm. but um so well congratulations so there you go Curtis. do i have my tesla yes yeah thanks and um um now I just have to, you know, figure out what it's going to be like to to drive this thing. And I'll throw out our usual disclaimer. This podcast is an independent podcast and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of our employers or people that we've contracted with either, you know, any of those things. Be sure to, um, to uh, check us out and uh, rate us on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find us. That's very helpful to us. And also, if you want to join the conversation, I am W. Curtis Preston on Gmail, and I am WC Preston on Twitter and LinkedIn.com slash IN slash MR backup. Uh, you know, contact me via any one of those mm. things, and we'll get you as a guest on the podcast. Well, uh, we've had a few interesting problems with our recording platform today, so I hope everything's all right, but I want to bring on our guest. Uh, he has a, a, a very diverse background that includes IT consulting for a while with Ernst & Young and Fujitsu Consulting, uh, to his most recent role as the CIO and Chief Content Officer for IT World Canada, which is Canada's leading IT publisher. Welcome to the podcast, Jim Love. Hey, welcome, Curtis. Great, great to meet you, Persona. It's great. Hey, Jim. Nice to have you on the so, podcast. And I'm sorry, all those technical difficulties were my fault. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we blame we blame anything. Technology's on Technology's our business. It's not our skill. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about IT World Canada uh, for those of us who live uh, south of the border? Um, you know, yep. that we that don't know very much about it. Yeah, IT World Canada is has been around for forty years. It was it was a, it was a publishing company that that my partner Fawn and I bought uh, about ten, well, five to seven years ago. But it had been around for about forty years. Been through one transformation, going from we used to publish magazines, and we would and and you know CIO magazine and all that sort of stuff, and we would, you know, people would get them, and then this thing, the internet. It, that it's going to catch on any day now, but you know, but you know, and and it uh, it just decimated the publishing industry, of course, magazines like ours. So we became a digital publisher, and that was that was our big our our big move in there. So we've been through at least one, and our we're in the middle of our second digital transformation because and the one thing that that AI after we just got to live through that AI is going to come through and wipe out publishing, publishing. But we we are. Uh, we are still here, so that's that's the one thing we we have survived, and we've survived largely by, um, I think, by trying to get ahead of of transformations when they happen. So it's been a it's been an interesting journey at that point. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I know I don't look at people going like, how could a guy have this much experience look this young? But <laughs> but I'm I'm actually way past retirement. Um, and and I, this was my my second career was was being part of a publisher. So that was. That was it. So, and as you pointed out, I have two titles. One is I'm head of content, and and I'm also the the CIO. I don't know about you. When you guys started, I was a musician. I knew mm. nothing about computers. <laughs> I just needed a job, uh, and, and and somewhere where I could work and still play in clubs. And working overnight in you know in in a computer room was perfect. And you know, and I tore paper off the printers and all that sort of stuff. And I was sort of like, I don't know if you, if anybody still remembers the, the HMS pinafore, you know, is a stick close to your desk and never go to sea and you'll be the captain of the Queen's Navy is the thing. That's what happened to me. <laughs> I was the world's worst programmer. So they made me a project manager. Sucked at project management. So they made me a director. Really didn't do great at that. So I became a CIO. 
the <laughs> maybe not quite like that, but but I managed to I managed to to stumble through this and uh, and I and I I got a degree featuring some computer science courses along the way, just in, and have kept educated. And this is the point where I taught it one of Canada's leading tech universities, but it was, it was a question of, of learning. I did it all, learned it on the job. And, uh, and so I stumbled into this publishing role and that's where I am today. I have my own podcast. And that's where we met. Uh, you, you gotta call Mr. Backup for a podcast interview. <laughs> so I have my own podcast, hashtag trending that I do the daily news, but we also, we're, we're in the States. So we have it world publishing here. Canadian CIO, a couple of publications, but Tech News Day goes into the U.S. That's a solid U.S. And my podcast, Hashtag Trending, and Cybersecurity Today, uh, which is one of the number one podcasts in the U.S., believe it or not, on cybersecurity. So, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I, I, I had a question for you, Jim, since you brought it up um, earlier. You talked about sort of AI is going to destroy publishing, right? <clears throat> and yep. Could you talk a little bit about that? I know AI is very hot right now and everyone, and I see it every once in a while in like Twitter and Reddit and all the rest are like, hey, yeah, all these sort of like providing content is just going to be like AI just going to generate that stuff and publishers are going to go by the wayside. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's more complex than that, I, I, but, it, but it's also going to happen faster. I told everybody the internet took seven years to, to really... From from what it really caught on, from, from websites were really there before it really had an impact on publishing, and and it hit us. But it also happened overnight. Like we it, we were coasting along, we were making money off websites. We had our publications. All of a sudden, people stopped buying ads, and it it almost happened over like two months in there that we 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 just noticed that. That's seven years. This is going to happen in seven months. When you think about generative AI, what does generative AI uh, doing better than anything else? Creating and curating content. And, you know, so so that that piece, so creating content, we will have an explosion of content. And this is crazy. If anybody's old enough listening to this, remember we, we, we had the 500 channel universe. That was going to be the internet. And where would we ever get all the content? <laughs> we, yeah. we had plenty. Now we yeah. have an absolute surplus of content. I have been through and, and tracked this stuff. I marketing material in particular. Um, I'm sorry. I'm like I said. My degree is in English. I'm quite a good writer. It writes better marketing material than I do, <laughs> if you know how to do it. Yeah. There's just there's no no ifs ands or buts about that. As far as just straight press release journalism, and there's a lot of that. As a matter of fact, there's there, there's very few investigative reporters, especially going now. But if you have take a look in the U.S., the Washington Post, the New York Times, probably I think it's the San Francisco Chronicle. There's there's about two or three or four major places. You've got BuzzFeed, which now I think is dying or dead, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, and and a dozen other publishers out there. Everybody else is curating their content. Yeah. Everybody else is republishing their stories. When you are a republisher. You, like you and you know your writer that that gets wiped out um mm. and so what do we do differently and that's we're now reinventing ourselves yet again uh, to to cope with that and you know and it's like i'm not one of these guys who says oh this is gonna you know doom and gloom and all that sort of stuff mm. but if we hadn't done the work we've done but all along the way we would be out of business end of end of sentence yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm a that I'm a great visionary or anything like that. But we're always working, thinking, how do you disrupt yourself? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, and in in there, and that that's I think has been the the secret for us, at least knock on wood, you know, surviving this far. But anybody who thinks that 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 uh, here's the classic things I hear: AI makes mistakes. Oh, and I don't. <laughs> like you know. Uh, AI is never going to replace us because it's it's never going to it's never going to write better than we can. Nonsense, mm -hmm. absolute nonsense. It's read every book that exists. It's read Hemingway. It's read F. Scott Fitzgerald. It's read the Greek philosophers. The, so so that's what it's got to to work on. And what have you got to work on? The thirty <laughs> books you 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 remember, or you know the influences of a, even an entire lifetime. So. Yeah. So there's there's no doubt about the fact that it's going to have an impact on the publishing industry. By the way, it's going to have an impact on other industries as well. 
But yeah. but but you know that's generative AI, it's, which is really good at text and all that you know, and, and dealing with with those things, um, and and what they call it generative because it can create. Now the next thing happens: can it create something new and better? And the answer is yes. If you take if you take a look at the stuff that's happening with Tree of Thought, um, and and they're they're. Everybody say, well, it can't come up with anything new. Of course it can. But people don't come up with new things. There's seven, there's seven stories in life. Man meets girl, you know, or whatever. Person meets person, whatever. You know, man versus society. We learn this stuff. There's seven stories and we've been working them to, to, to death. You know, from, you know, and, you know, the, the, the Beatles had some, something in the way she moves. George Harrison, right? Oh, James Taylor had a song, something in the way... Oh, geez, we, we influence each other, you know, and I won't even get into he's so fine, my sweet Lord. You know, we're, we're playing the same tunes over and over again in there. <clears throat> now, this stuff can also create visuals and music and all that. So we're, we're in a different world. And you can do one of two things. You can, you can, you can, you can do what Mark Twain said, denial's not a river in Egypt, you know. Mm -hmm. You can be in denial, and I've heard it from my writers. Oh, it'll never write better than me. I'll go nonsense. You know, or you can be in fear and say, well, the, you know, like we, we don't, we, what can we do? Well, what can you do? Figure out what makes you unique. Yep. You know, one of the things I, I'm doing a lot of podcasting myself. Why? This can't be done by AI. The, the, yet, you know, <laughs> like you can, you can have avatars and they can say yeah. things, but you can't, you can't tell jokes and you can't get to know yeah, people they, and you can't, there's just things that it can't do right now. So I can, I can, for example, <clears throat> using the editor that I use, I can actually put in text and it will read it back as me, for example. Oh yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, oh yeah. Somebody, know, somebody did voice, that to me. Can, yeah. I, I can, yeah. I actually use it to edit my podcast and I use it when I, when I say a word wrong, I can replace that word when it, when I'm editing, and it will fill it in yep. in context and right, which is great. But if you give it a paragraph yep. to read, I sound dead, right? Um, and uh, well, not thing, with, right? not yet. There there are good ones out there. There's good there's good yeah. ones out there. I think it's good as it go eleven eleven steps or eleven. Uh, anyway, but but somebody did a takeoff on my podcast. And it started, mm -hmm. it did the same intro, it read the script. Mm -hmm. I could not tell the difference until it started <laughs> to say things like, and then Jim talks poo-poo the whole time. And it, then it, it's just, <laughs> it, was, it was hysterical. So this guy did a whole takeoff of my podcast and, and then just started making me potty mouthed and, and crazy. Um, <laughs> oh, I tracked him funny. down and said it back. I said, I, said, I, hope, I hope that would, you had fun too. And that was the funniest thing I'd heard. <clears throat> the concern that I... Or the belief, and you've talked about it already, um, you know, I, I'm i not sure if I 100% agree with your comment of like, you know, there's nothing new. Um, although, you know, that, that's been said before. <laughs> it's been said before that there's nothing yep. new. Yep. But, um, but <laughs> be, because when, when we do new things in technology, we have to explain why we're doing this thing, right? And why this new way of doing something is better than the old way of doing something. And th that, uh, yeah. that often requires a unique tack, which I don't think yet um, AI is ready to do. Um, once that tack has been decided, right? So um, for example, uh, should we back up SAS, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure that I can go to ChatGPT or, you know, your favorite LLM and I can write both articles of, uh, uh, arguing both sides because both sides, there's like you said, there's plenty of content out there on both sides. Um, but, uh, in fact, I recently, uh, there's a, there's a guy that I know that, uh, he's a network guy and, uh, Tom Hollingsworth is his name. And one of the things that to really poke the bear with him is I tell him that when we fully go to IPv6, that we'll be using NAT routers, right? You know, we're going to put NAT on top of IPv6 and it just tweaks them. And so I went to ChatGPT and I had it write an article, 
in his in his style uh arguing for that um just to just to mess with him <laughs> but yeah it's um I, as a person who creates content i i am concerned about this right um and i think you're right i think you need to focus on what makes you you right um and mm -hmm. i think for like in like in my case it's my passion it's my sense of humor it's my ability to to converse um and it and it goes back to you know it's the passion about backup and recovery and related topics no ai model is going to be able to mimic that uh certainly not yet certainly not yet yeah. well yet well we'll see yeah. we'll see yeah um but yeah so i i, but, but, I am very concerned right mm -hmm. well i think we should be but but you know but we're looking at this you know the 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 world evolves i mean there were a group of people looking weavers looking at the first weaving machines in there and and they saw them and they and they, they thought saw them as a threat so they tried to destroy them that how'd that work mm -hmm. out not really well right today we've got machines that will knit a pair of socks in 30 seconds up in in there you know that 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 occupation's gone but that didn't mean that the craft person who, who was there the designer the new jobs emerged and yeah. i think that's something we've been doing in it for for ages is mm -hmm. you know who's still there's lots of jobs that disappeared in it and some of that i'm grateful for you know the <laughs> night scheduler the night schedule remember you used to do in mainframes you would have a track of like seven people calling jobs pulling tapes off the floor mounting the tape finding out the job failed and and then sending a note to disappoint the users in the morning there's lots of stuff that happened that we're like so there's some guy who doesn't have to go pull tapes anymore in there that job that career in tape pulling is 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 no longer with us but you know that person went on to become the cio Oh, you know, but but you know. but here's a question I have for you, Jim. Is I totally get the benefits of automating some of these processes, simplifying people's lives, letting them go and focus on other things. Do you feel though that when that happens, the newcomers who don't get that experience lack something versus everyone else, or is it something that they shouldn't even have to worry about today? Oh God, right? yeah. No, I, I I I'm so thankful for when I got into computing. Because I understand how everything works in principle, in there, you know the the you know and and that that those foundations have been there. It, it, it's like, you know, and I'm and I mean sound like an old guy. I hired an MBA who, who was going to work on a project for me, in there, and and we were doing pricing on a big. It was a big financial system. We we're doing pricing of bonds and all that sort of stuff, and he pulls in and this is at the time he's you know he's got his excel spreadsheet out and he puts it out and i say did you check the reasonableness of of this bond income allocation program oh yeah i did and and i said okay <clears throat> so i'm gonna take a look at this bond here he said look at those two prices yeah i said that yield is going to be like 39 percent yeah <laughs> on a federal treasury bond yeah. So find out where that bond comes. I want and the name buy. of that. Yeah. I'm going to go buy a whole pile of them right now. That yeah. can't happen. But I'm going to move my entire same... asset allocation into that. <clears throat> yep. Same formula, copy and paste it into Excel, but he had no concept of math. And it just boggled my mind. And it's the same way, you know, that there are people who know computers. I'll tell you one quick story, but we were, we were transferring mainframes at one point. We were going from one shop to another. And in those days, you had you had literally took a window and you took a whole pile of tapes and you drove them over to the new data center, if you're going to move a data center, and you ran the tapes and you hopefully, to God, that you got up in the weekend in there. So you would rehearse this two or three times in there. Well, we would go back and forth in, into this, this thing and we, we, we'd bring the tapes over and we'd load them up and all that sort of stuff and we'd run them. And uh, like we, we, we just couldn't hit this window. And all of the best programmers on our system worked on it. We brought in a guy who knew nothing about our system. Everybody freaked out when we brought him in. And, and he said, he said, you know, what, like, uh, I don't know, understand what business you're in. I don't understand the banking business. I don't really care. He said, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take these things. This is data. So I'm going to block. I'm going to run these processes in parallel. 
I'm going to do these things. He shrunk our, our, our load times so that we could get in the car and take these tapes from like 12 and a half hours to four hours. But he knew nothing about the business, but he knew the foundations. You know, and sometimes a lot of knowledge that we think we have about, you know, where we get really good at something and we don't have the foundational knowledge, we miss it. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm so yeah, glad the, I had that time to, to learn this. You know. Yeah, when I think about, you know, the topics of backup and recovery and disaster recovery, there are a lot of things that I know for the same reason, Jim, right, that I grew up in the old days of tape, right? I grew up back when tape was the only option and when, when it was the best option and then it became not so much the best option, right? And, and I remember experiencing that why. And so I understand a lot of the things about the way the technology works that the average person might not understand because they didn't experience that, right? And a perfect example of, that I have of that is the way overuse uh, of the term air gap, right? Uh, ev everybody in the everybody in the IT industry wants to advertise their solutions as being air gapped and immutable, when they're often neither. And um, <laughs> the you yep. know it's like, do, do you even oh know what the term air gapped means and where it comes from? Right, it is yeah. a gap of air. Right, that is why it's yeah. called air gap. Um, and, and let me yeah. explain to you. It's related to the Latin. There's a Latin. It comes from airhead, <coughs> which is airhead <laughs> is a person who actually believes there's an air gap. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, you know, I mean, at best, you know, you could say it's like, look, here's the standard. The standard is a thing in a box in a place that you can't get to. That's an air gap, right? Um, and like, like in literally in a vault that has a lock with it, with a, with a scary person standing in front of it. Um, and you know, that's an air gap and at best you can approximate that. Just tell me how close you get to that. But, um, you know, the, you know, lots of companies, uh, use the term air gap and they don't even throw the word virtual or, or electro electronic yeah. air gap or something in front of that, right? It does matter to learn those fundamentals. So while we're on the subject, percent is about experience and all this stuff. I brought you a list and I brought a list of oh, all yay. the things I'd screwed up. That's the other thing that, that it's great about getting into. I've managed, I've learned everything I have. I know the hard way. Um, in, 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 I will say. <laughs> it's the best way to take, learn though. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, sort of. I mean, yeah. It's there. There are it's there are preferable ways to learn. I just haven't managed any of them in there, and that that air gap brings me back to that. You know, so so, so I'll go. Can you want to go through my list? I'll just yeah yeah yeah. I'd no, really, love to hear these stories. I really want to hear so, this list. Yeah. First one is validate. Validate after the job runs. Whatever you do, validate it in there. Have somebody else validate it. And I learned, this is my, fir my first big, and we talk about the, the, doing this data center conversion. And we arrive with the tapes and we got all our window and all that sort of stuff. Oops, <clears throat> uh, there's nothing on them. You mount the tape and it goes rolling through. And somebody said, <laughs> said you know what, after this, you know, we should really have validated those backups. <laughs> Excuse me, this is, I'm holding what would restore our mainframe back there if it were to crash in there. And you're telling me nobody checks these things? Well, it rarely goes wrong. It's automated, man. Like, what could go wrong? It writes oh, you know, in there. Man. So that's my first one is, is yeah. trust trust no computer, valid, validate it. You know, it's in, 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 in God we trust? No. <laughs> in what I can see, I trust. You know, yeah. that's my first and one. I think, yeah, and I know, Curtis, we always talk about sort of verify your backups right do restore yeah. testing make sure that what you actually have is working and it does what it's supposed to do and you haven't gotten forgotten pieces right like you're doing so. a database backup for an application and you forgot this other database that lives over on the side and you can't recover your application <laughs> yeah yeah and and so you, you trust nothing about what should work you know, Murphy was an optimist, you know, <laughs> it's that, you know, that there's, there's always something go wrong. That's my first one. The second one is, is you talked about your vault and I, I call it yep. Schrodinger's vault, you know, either the backups in there are good or they're not, or maybe they're both, you know, but store it safely. 
I can't, I, you know, I've, I've had people who say, oh yeah, we got it. We got, we got a backup in there. And where's it stored? Oh, now in the old days, it was, there were, you know, discs that we moved and stuff like that, but I'm still finding people are storing backups in the most, you know, oh, it's, it's stored. I've got my, uh, my air gapped backup, but it's sitting over there. I've literally (laughs) in this career, I've pulled tapes out of the backs of people's cars. You know why? Well, we want to take it off site. It's in the trunk of your car. No, you know, (laughs) and so that's. You know, you might want to choose where you. No, we talked about the um, that that one. The um, basically the the properly storing the the other copy. Uh, you know, there was a major fire in um, in Europe, right? The uh, the uh, is it OHV? OVH. Uh, OVH. OVH. I wish you get the the acronym. Yeah, OVH in yeah. Um, the cloud provider in Europe, and they had their other copy stored literally over in the corner, and that's why um, hundreds of uh, uh, their customers lost their data. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, that literally happened in our uh, one of our major airports. Their backup system and their backups were in the basement. They had a flood. <laughs> Water tends to flood basements. <clears throat> Just a thought. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I have to tell. I have so, to tell you, Jim. The company that I worked for when I very first started my career, we. Uh, we hired an offsite vaulting company. It wasn't Iron Mountain. It was the other company that was available to us. And they, their big advertisement was that they had a World War II, like, bomb shelter uh, as their vault, yep. right? Yep. But it's in the basement. And we knew that. And so whenever um, there was threat of flood, like, because we were in Delaware, Whenever there was threat threat of a hurricane or a flood coming up the Delaware River, uh, we we would call them and we would pay them extra money to move all the tapes upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. <clears throat> so you'd be surprised over there. So my third thing, yeah, are you backing up everything? I had I, I this yeah. is I I was I I was the the, the director of the of, of a, a fairly large financial company here in Canada. When the VP of IT came into my office, now I was on the pecking order, although I was in charge of, of the business and the technology for, for this area. So I was, I was, I had some sort of authority, but he was the vice president of IT in those days would, would have been a CIO. Walked to my office, got somebody sheepishly at my door. They don't, these guys don't come to see me to tell me that they had lost our source code. Oh. All the data was backed up. All the, the stuff was there, but they lost the backup of the source code. Nobody thought you had to backup source code. We could always recompile it. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, oh, okay. and that's what I mean. You, you, this is where your experience comes in and knowing that, that there's lots of things that are required to make something run, not just the data. Bless, I, data is king. Data is wonderful. Data is everything. But there's more, <laughs> you know, and that was my, my first one was going around saying, do I have everything it takes to run this system? You know, if 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 somebody decides that that I, my source code is corrupt, am I going to be able to recompile it? Am I going to be able, to, you know, or bring it back? And and you know, am I going to be able to get that? Um, and even with the the way we've got to, to to now store interpreted language and stuff like that, and the way we you know we have all, we have much better storage and thing. But you go and look at the spaghetti that's in there. You know, how many times things have been forked, whether or not stuff is still there. You know, just because you got it in a repository and people say, oh, no, we've got a method of doing this. I know because I've worked with really good programmers and gone back and found code. And you say, we could never reconstruct this. You know, Yeah, th- this uh, is why I'm such a fan of auto discovery uh, of both systems and file systems and databases. <clears throat> Um, because, and then yep. just say, just get all the just get all the things. People argue against it, right? Uh, they argue against getting all the things. I'm like, if you know something is absolute trash and has no value, then exclude that specifically, right? Um, but just back up all the things. Um, and, I, you know, the number of times, Jim, I've seen uh, the, the best one I have was it was a very, very, very large entertainment company. Um, and this, but, you know, the very household name entertainment company. And their IT 
they were using where they were specifically picking which folders they wanted to back up. And I said, you need to stop that. We need to go with all, uh, it was a net backup environment, all local drives. <clears throat> and uh, the size of their backup increased, their entire backup increased by 50% when we went from selected yeah. drives to, to, to backing up all the things. And I'm like, there's no way you can tell me that, that you know, there wasn't anything valuable that, that was being missed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if it, and if it is absolute trash, then research it properly and delete it. Yeah. Like you know, if if you feel that confident about it, just you know, press the press the button, you know, and and, and delete it. You won't do that, will you? So back it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Storage is I like cheap. It. I like I like the way you think, expensive. Jim. I like the way you think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next? So here's my here's my next one. Here's my next one. Snapshots versus full backup. Hit hit me on one system, right? Because everybody thinks, well, I'm backing it up. I just did a snapshot. Great, wonderful thing in there. This was done by a very big shop that was running a system for us. When they phoned us and said, "Our we had a server meltdown." We can't restore from the snapshot. No, you can't because the database was hot and the snap it doesn't pick everything up when you're writing in there. <clears throat> so, you know, it's another variant of test it out. But don't, when some, just because somebody says we're backing stuff up, don't, don't go ask big questions. We had, you know, you'd rather, you'd rather have checked that out than when I would talk to my director of IT who was working with them and saying, and you, and you read this contract and you, you did what, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it, nobody wants to end their career because they, they, they thought this was backed up, you know, and, yeah. and no. So that's, and that's, that's also, that's, so that's also difficult because vendors make it very confusing right because they're like oh yeah we back that up and they'll throw out all these terms yeah. which unless you really know what backup is right you'll think oh it's all the same <laughs> yeah yeah and no matter how much you know and i think courtesy is probably the same is is i'm gonna ask questions show me teach me like i'm a little kid <laughs> Don't give me this where we get this. We get this agreement where we're all data pros and we all know that stuff. We toss the terms around. No, no, no. This, this is important. Walk me through it, you know, and yeah. and tell me how I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with this, you know. So my other one, <laughs> fat fingers or stupidity. You you, you be the judge in this one. <clears throat> Somebody goes in to our server cage, puts a a, a, a disk in, and wipes out our our our. <gasps> Oh, no. Our disk and our, our our backup disk. Now, I every every there is always a capability to do that. And we, in the early days, like we, I had a friend one time, and in the old we didn't. This is the olden days before we had security on the IT terminals, and we would go in and we would take programs, and if we wanted to know what a program did, we'd type in the name of the program, and it would give us the conversation, and then an okay. A friend of mine on on his last day with the company, uh, I emphasize last day, typed in wipe, and wipe didn't have an okay, and it oh. wiped the disk. And I thought that one was thirty years, forty years, or forty more than forty years ago in there. And but this happened to me actually in a small system where somebody walked in and came out, and and I, I didn't know that could happen. You know, anybody who gets into your cage, anybody who touches <clears throat> anything in there, if you don't have an, a truly air-gapped backup for any work anybody's doing anywhere, and why this would happen, nobody knows, you know. But, but like, is it is it fat fingers? Did you hit the wrong key combination? Is it just pure stupidity? I don't know. But like I said, the, the lesson is anybody working on your system anywhere – that you where you don't have a backup before that work started, don't let them do it. Yeah. The yeah. other thing I think going along with that, Jim, is also <clears> like, uh, also scope down the privileges, right? Like, did that person actually need to be able to access yep. the backup system, right? Or should that have been completely siloed off, right? So I think that goes kind of hand in hand as well, which hopefully yeah. more I organizations are doing that, but not sure. <laughs> Well, here, yeah. here's again go, going back in the day, Jim. You, you, you know, one of the things that we've always said 
is that physical access trumps all security protocols, right? If I have physical access yep. to your server, I can do whatever I want, okay? And, and at, at best, you can frustrate my efforts, but you are not going to be, I mean, if, 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 especially if all I want to do is do damage, right? Because, you know, torches are a beautiful thing, right? Um, but the, the problem is that the, when we look towards the cloud, like physical access isn't even really, it's not the same. It's not about physical access. It's anyone that can gain access to your cloud administrative console essentially has the same thing. And that's why persona, you know, it's a great point about least privilege. That's why we need to do least privilege. We need to do separation of, of powers so that you minimize the blast radius when a cloud account gets compromised. Um, and also that we can't do a, an actual air gap back up in the cloud. Not at least nobody I know does an actual air gap cloud in the backup. I'm sorry, actual air gap backup in the cloud. Sorry, it took, took me a minute there. Um, but they, but they, but you can you can approximate it. But whatever you do, don't have everything stored in the same place, right? The the cloud the cloud equivalent to storing all your backups in the same cage um, is storing all your backups in the same account in the same region. Don't 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 do that, <laughs> right? Because yeah. you know, like you said, fat fingers or or stupid people uh, or malicious people. or malicious act. Yeah. Malicious people, yeah, it doesn't it, matter. Yeah. You don't, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's zero, tr this concept of zero trust, and, and you actually got a percent of the zero trust, the reduced privileges for your own good, you shouldn't have privileges you don't need. Yeah. The, right. you, you know, and, and, and you should get them. Like I said, and I don't want to do the, the old guy thing all, all through the whole broadcast, but in the olden days, you had, there was a password that would get you by everything in a mainframe, everything in there. It was stored in a vault. <clears throat> Two people had to open it. They had watched the person open that thing. They had to take the password out. They had to log it. They did the work. You printed out the code that you did for that fix. This was this was middle of the day type hot fix type of things or things like that. You you then had called audit. They issued a new password. They sealed it in an envelope. They put it back under lock and key. Two people caught. And, and everybody says, well, that takes a long time. Yeah, but do you really yes. want to be responsible for knowing that password? Like, not a chance, you know. And so that, that, yeah. you know, that that's the thing. Um, I, my, I don't my have last a problem with are, saying the old guy uh, thing all the time, Jim. I don't have a problem yeah. with bringing yeah. out these the old guy wisdom. Yeah, but the, the, the other one is, is cannot restore. This is this is we've got a backup, but we can't restore. And I will, I will, uh, I, I won't say the firm, and I'm not even going to say the number. They they got hit with ransomware, and they had all these backups. They couldn't restore them, right in there. So you you count and just and again you go back to all the reasons why backups might not work in there. And I so I I after one episode and and I I do this now and actually. The one of the the person who, who takes over me operationally in our company has now started to repeat my old guy's story, and I'm happy about it. And that my old guy's story is: I will phone you from my car from vacation. I will go. I will come in. I will just tap on your shoulder. And here's the deal: we're a great place to work. We love you. We, you're a valuable member of the team. But if you cannot restore that file, you are fired instantly. Pack your desk and leave. It's the only sin. And because I, I went through this, make sure you test your backups and all this stuff. And then I, I just said, no, no, no. You know something? I, I'm not interested anymore. I'm just going to point to you. And I'm going to say, you're one of the operations team. You should be able to go and restore a file. It's in this system. I'm, I'm telling you, that system crashed. I need you to mount a server and restore that system. And then I want to see it work. And that's, and I, I urge everybody who, especially if you're a guy who's more, or, or lady who's more business than, than tech in there, th take that one tip and just say, mm. you got to be able to show me that you can restore this system. Mm. And you don't need a big deal. You don't need a, you don't need a, a you, you walk in one morning and you say, we're going to do this. And that I, I think is, is, has permeated our culture and, and, uh, you know, that that's a gift you can give to a company. 
especially I, small. I like that. I like that a lot, Jim. Um, what it does is it shows respect to a part of the organization that often gets no respect, right? Uh, it, it, and it, and it, it, if you are on a regular basis restoring even something small, right? I, I think it should, I, I like, I like what you're saying and I like that, um, you know, you're doing it more, much more often, right? Cause a, a lot of environments are like, oh, we do a, we do a recovery test, you know, every six months or whatever, right? Those are important to do a big recovery test, but it's also important to do a small recovery test um, much more frequently and to do it off the off the cuff like you're talking about. Um, just say, hey, go restore this file and go put it over here. Um, because what it does is by doing it, uh, by making restore everyone's responsibility, um, what that does is it, creates a backup person as well as a backup system, right? Because too many times the backup person is the only one that knows anything about the backup system and they're the only one that knows how to do any kind of restore. And that is definitely wrong. I like, so I like that. Um, I like yeah. that idea a yeah, lot. Every, everybody who's on your ops team at least needs to know how to do it, you know, or, you know, or what yeah. they would do if you, if they were the person there, you know, yeah. in there. Oh, just, just on that gem, I think one of the critical aspects there is to also sort of identify what are those scenarios that people aren't regularly testing. For instance, in a help desk environment, you might constantly be having people say, hey, I need to restore this file from the file server, right? Versus maybe I'm not really doing like the application level restores ever, right? And so I think that might be maybe a nuance, right? Something mm -hmm. to consider as you're thinking yep. about this is how do you sort of... Yep round robin, if you will, across all your data, rather than always saying, hey, I want to restore a file from this file server, right? Just to, because yeah. that might be something they're doing all the time and building yep. that muscle memory as well, right? <laughs> yeah, My and, and I think it boils down to in this this thing is that, that recovery is a culture. It's not a technology. It, it It's a culture. The companies that are going to recover are, are going to recover because that's part of their DNA. Yeah. You know, I like that. What's your final piece of wisdom yeah, yeah. you got, Jim? Well, yeah, air gap. We'll just take it right back to air gap. There's no such thing as an air gap. There's all. There's only airheads. There's no air gaps. You can't count on them in there. And and my favorite, my favorite was we we do have two things that that and, and it was an operational system that I saw, and this guy said there's an air gap. You can't reach this operational system from from anywhere. And I said, so, okay, but how do you give this operational system commands if it's got this air gap and it doesn't, oh, I use my laptop. <laughs> oh, the same laptop you connected the other systems with? Yeah. Okay. So, like like I said, if, if somebody tells you there's an air gap, don't believe them. You know, it, <laughs> it's, it, treat it like it's not, not true. And... On uh, the sophistication level, as you probably know, you guys probably know, there are all kinds of ways that systems communicate, even if they are not connected by wires. It's called wireless and magnetism, you know, magnetic communication and things like that. There's all kinds of ways to get in. An air gap is not an air gap. It's 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 a concept at that point. And that's that was the one. <laughs> just like I said, it was just you, you think you're going to learn nothing new until this until you somebody says you ask a, a really what I thought was a really dumb question. You know, yeah, turns out not. You to know, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to agree and disagree with you on this one, Jim. So be, cool. be, because yeah. um, I, I, I think the core concept there is don't trust what somebody is calling an air gap, right? Um, be, yeah. Yeah. But I, I do think it's really important in today's environment specifically to at least attempt to get as close to an air gap as you can, right? Saying that it's just impossible, which no. technically it kind of is impossible unless somebody is taking stuff out and putting it in a, in a hard drive, in a box, in a vault with a scary dude in front of it. Right. Um, which no one's doing that. Right. Um, the, I mean, yeah. Okay. There's three people doing that, but, <laughs> but it's nobody. The, no, and one of them's the, the scary no one, dude. Yeah. 
Um, the um, we, we need to at least attempt because so many people don't even attempt it. They're like, they have the backup, they have the copy of the backup sitting right next to the backup, or they have the backup in the server and they have the, the you know, let's, you know, pick a, pick your favorite um, backup system. I'll, I'll use data domain, you know, as a, as a target, right? So back up the data domain, and then I have my, my data domain replicate to another data domain, and I can I can SSH to both of these. This is a problem, right? Um, and, mm. and that's not picking on data domain. That, that would be true of any 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 box, right? Mm. Uh, and I know that data domain, because uh, I know Persona has brought it up before, data domain has some features to do this. Use those features, right? None of them are perfect. That's where, where I agree with you, Jim. None of them are perfect, but we need to at least freaking try. Um, and I think one of the best ways to do it is to sort of cross systems, right? Use a different system than the primary system. So at least it, you've got some sort of security by obscurity. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Jim. No, I think I think you, you and the story is just not as funny if I don't if I don't tell it as if the air gap is absolute. <laughs> the fact is that there's always a way to beat everything. There's everything can break down, but it's like if if so is the answer to do nothing? No, the answer is to do everything in your power. And there's there's a, there's something in IT that we we do that just drives me crazy because we can't do everything. We do nothing. That's mm. silly. Everything you do. Everything you do adds another layer, and that's that's the the trick, is you know is to have it in layers. Every single layer that you have, everyone's better. By all means, get to to, to perfection, but do something. Don't don't do nothing because you know. Don't say don't have an air gap because somebody can beat it. Have the best you can have. You know, try to make right. it better each time, and and learn from the mistakes of others. That was my, my, my message I hope for everybody. Learn from the mistakes of others. It's so much funnier and so much, so much easier when you hear somebody's old story and you learn from that than learning it yourself, you know, Hardly. lying in bed with your gut aching going, well, I have a job tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And one of the things I also mistakes. liked with your, hey, now, <laughs> I never had to administer backup systems, so that's probably why. Uh, but I've made other mistakes in technology, so... Uh, the one thing, Jim, that I also like from your stories is sort of like sometimes we get so fixated on a specific problem or the technology aspects that we don't sort of bubble up and be like, what are we really trying to solve? And like asking some of those basic questions to get people thinking, right? Like the example you just gave about the air gap, right? It's like you're so focused on one particular aspect, you sort of forget about everything else. And so I think being able to sort of bubble back up and ask those questions, important questions, even though they might seem simplistic, but they're important to really figuring out what does your solution actually solve? Yeah. Yeah. What, what is the outcome you're trying to get? Yeah. You know, the, and that's, 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 that's what we forget is we, we, we don't work towards outcomes. We work, you know, we think, we think in terms of, well, I've got this process, this name, this term, this, this, and all that sort of stuff. No, we're working towards an outcome. Our outcome is, and it's to provide the security of a business. It's to provide that business with continuity. It's, you know, it's to provide the resilience for that business to be able to survive something we didn't anticipate. That's, 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 that's my, my fun. I, I called it backup bingo when I put it together. I, you know, you can, you can, you can do it as a drinking game too. If you've had one, you have to take a drink, you know, whatever, however you want to play. Never, <laughs> never, have, never have I ever, uh, restored, tried to restore a tape that I never tried before. Yeah. I actually had that one, Jim. Um, I was at a large, I was at a telecommunications company and this was very early in my career and we had been backing up like crazy and it wasn't until we went to go to restore the tapes one time we found out that we couldn't read from the tapes. We, I mean, I honestly, to this day, I still don't know what happened to those tapes. It was a perfectly nice, it was a, it was a, what at that time was a high end tape drive. It was a 3594. From IBM, um, I, my my numbers might be wrong, but it was it was a high end tape drive back in the day, and never did figure out why we had made all these backups, but um, you know weren't able to restore. But yeah, that 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 thing of like 
anytime I, I, t- I tell you who gets this right. And that is, you know, you talk about validated the, the biotech um, industry, they have this concept called validated mm. systems and you, you have to, it's like required by law that if you change any part of the system, you then have to validate, you know, this entire process. You have to validate what's been documented, validate that you have all the steps. Um, and, and then you can say that this is a validated system. Like it's like with a capital V and only then can that system be yep. used for, uh, you know, biotech uh, type data. Um, I think we can learn a lot from those folks. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to the thing. It's the outcome. Focus on the outcome. The outcome is not backups. The backups are an enabler of the outcome, which is the ability to restore you or to make sure that you've got the right system, that it's all going to work. You know, it's uh, and, and it, like I said, it's really easy to get into your own space and think, <laughs> I think in terms of I do this, you do this, you do this. And that's, that's what I mean by, by restoration being cultural. Like if you want, if you, you know, the ability to restore is a, is a cultural thing because it's a team. Everybody knows you, you've got to be a team and you have to understand what, what you're doing. And that's, yeah. that's anyway, that's, that's, mm-hmm. I really, that's I really like that. Jim. To restore it. is a culture. Yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, there are some environments that have it and there are some environments that don't have it. And I think the ones that have it are the ones that do better when things like ransomware happen. So, um, Yep. I want to thank you very much, Jim, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. This has been fun. Great to meet you, uh, <laughs> Prashanna. Great to see yeah. you again, Curtis. And- yeah. And uh, thanks again, Prashanna, even with all of your technical problems that you had this week. I know. I'm sorry. But no, Jim, thank you for sharing your stories. I always like hearing about, I know you said old people's stories, but I love hearing about it because <laughs> like you said, I get to learn a bunch about like how things were done in the past. Like I learned so much about tape just talking to Curtis, right? Yep, I never yep. touched tape and I still haven't touched tape, but yep, at least yep. learning about some of the issues and challenges is useful. Well, and you got, you got a little gray hair there. You're not, like, you're not, you're not a baby yet. There's, there's a little gray hair there. It yeah. doesn't take long to get to this, you know, before you know it. Just yeah, yeah just absolutely. two or three well, restores that don't happen. You're, you're, you'll get <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why that's why he doesn't have gr- that much gray hair yet because he hasn't he hasn't used uh, tape in anger. Um, well, anyway, um, we also want to thank our listeners. We would be nothing without you. And remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all.
for once it'll be completely done maybe someday